Welcome to Making Love with your host, Colette Milan. All of us want to be loved. In this show, we'll explore how lovemaking really does make more love in your relationship and how essential real love is to good sex. Tune in for advice on how to become a better lover and how to love sex more. Here is Colette Milan. Hello. Welcome to Making Love Radio. I'm Colette Milan, and I'll be your host. I'm a psychotherapist, a marriage counselor, and a certified sex therapist. But the most important credential I have is that I've been married for 38 years, and I've experienced firsthand the many challenges that bombard and wear down intimate connection. I've learned how to work through those challenges, how to really unconditionally love and how to make more love in my relationship through the skills of delicious lovemaking. In this show, I'll explore with you how to have true love and great sex. In these shows, you will learn how to really love, how to be a better lover, and how to enjoy sex more. You'll see how lovemaking really does make more love in a relationship and how essential real love is to great sex. In today's show, we're going to talk about how couples can mend their marriages and rebuild trust after the devastation of an affair. My guest today is Michelle Weiner Davis. Michelle is an internationally renowned relationship expert, best-selling author, marriage therapist, and professional speaker. Michelle was among the first in her field to courageously speak out about the pitfalls of unnecessary divorce. She has been passionate about helping couples save their marriages for over three decades and is considered by many to be the go-to therapist for 911 relationships. Michelle has a new book out entitled Healing from Infidelity, which is the topic of our radio show today. Michelle is also the author of seven other books, including the best-selling books Divorce Busting and The Sex-Starved Marriage. Her TEDx talk on the sex-starved marriage has been viewed by over two million people. Michelle's work has been featured in every major newspaper and magazine. She has been a frequent guest on Oprah, 48 Hours, CBS, This Morning, The Today Show, Good Morning America, and 2020. Michelle is the director of the Divorce Busting Center in Boulder, Colorado. She has been the recipient of several prestigious awards in the field of marriage family therapy. But Michelle's real claim to fame, she says, is her 40-year marriage, her two adult children, and her two grandchildren, who also live in Colorado. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me on the show, Colette. I'm really excited to be talking to you today. Oh, me too. I am so excited to have you on my show. You've helped so many people with your books, your counseling, and your programs, but I'm especially excited to feature you on my show because of my own personal experiences with you. You were someone who came into my life at the right time while I was making some critical, 
life-altering decisions. I'll never forget the day I met you. It was in the summer of 2008, and you were giving a lecture on marriage and sexuality at a training for therapists that my husband and I attended. You talked about divorce and how serious and devastating it is to families. You counseled us therapists to be more careful in the advice we give to couples with marriage problems. You talked about how a counselor advised your mother to divorce your father. Your mother took that advice seriously and did divorce your father. And you said you believe it was a tragedy for your whole family that should not have happened. At that time, my husband and I were having serious marriage problems. We had some, we had some family and some friends and some counselors advising us that maybe we should get divorced. But you were very different. You had a crusade called divorce busting. You were out to save marriages and to stop therapists who were carelessly advising couples in crisis to give up. As your website says, you were among the first in your field to courageously speak out about the pitfalls of unnecessary divorce. I can vouch for that. I remember raising my hand in your lecture and asking, don't you think there are some couples who should get divorced? I thought for sure you would say, well, yes, in some extreme cases, people should get divorced. But you simply said no. I wasn't sure if you understood my question. So later I pulled you aside and I asked it again, and you again held solid in your stand against divorce. You were different from anyone else I had experienced. Your strong voice stood out fearlessly amidst the masses giving up on marriage. Even though at that time I felt hopeless about my own marriage, my soul resonated with your conviction. When my husband heard you talk, he knew you were the therapist for us. Even though I was at the point where I wanted to let go, I reluctantly agreed to come to Colorado with my husband to a day-long marriage counseling session with you at your center. I only remember one thing you told me from that counseling session, but that one thing I'll never forget. It changed the course of my life. You said, I think you should give it another chance. I think your husband has changed. I laughed in your face. He hasn't changed. You have no idea what we've been through. But you stayed committed to your intuition, looked me solidly in the eye and said, I think you should give it another chance. I think he's changed. I was in shock and I was mad. I was finally at a point where I could let go. But with a heavy heart, I went back home and gave it another chance. I'm so grateful I did because my husband made some big changes. And so did I. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for being 
the right person at the right time saying the right thing that I needed to hear. If it worked for you telling me not to give up, we would have gotten divorced, and that would have been a tragedy. We've been married now for 38 years, and I'm so happy and so deeply in love with my husband. The bonus is that I'm married to the father of my children, and we've been able to be an example to them of how to turn a marriage around and make it work. Thank you, Michelle, for being so brave and so strong in your crusade to save marriages. I thank God you were there for us. In addition, I want you to know, Michelle, that you have been a huge role model to me as a marriage counselor because of what I experienced in my own marriage. I now, with great conviction, challenge couples to not give up and to give it all they have. That's because I know from my own experience the miracle that's possible around the corner. I'm so excited to have you on my show so that other people needing help in their marriages can feel your message and your power. So let's begin. Michelle, wow. if you don't, <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so embarrassed for crying, but you know, I guess sometimes tears tell the truth. Well, I, I am, Colette, I am, uh, I'm, I'm speechless. That's not a good way to be when you're about to do a podcast, <laughs> but <laughs> I am just, I am just Sorry. so uh, touched by what you said and and you know although i've worked with so many couples over the course of the year um i i remembered you as soon as you contacted me you stood out and um you you guys you know i i give a lot of my advice uh to other couples as well and not everybody takes it to heart but the fact that you were able to Keep an open mind and an open heart, especially at the point at which you were deciding that it was over and you were thinking you'd be relieved that it was over. The fact that you just allowed yourself to um, have input, I, I think, truly, Colette, it speaks volumes about your integrity and just, you know, what a um, an open minded, open-hearted person you are. And none of this could have happened had, were that not the case. So I'm thrilled, just absolutely thrilled to hear what you just said. And, you know, and, and not just for you, but when I think about the ripple effect um, for the people whose lives you touch, both through your counseling and through your podcast, um, I just, um, I'm so excited and what a what a wonderful, wonderful way to start your show. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. I've been wanting for so long to talk to you and let you know what happened to us. Um, but I do want you to know, I couldn't believe you, how strong you were. And you just 
touched me like almost no other person has ever touched me in your conviction and crusade for saving marriages. And if you don't mind, if there's anything you'd like to share about that, I'm, I'm just wanting to have you say something about why you feel so strong about saving marriages. It really is, I feel, a crusade for you. Well, I, I want to say a couple things. One is that, um, you know, it's true that not all marriages make it, and there probably are some marriages that are better off ending. But, you know, the, the reality is that it, you can't, a therapist can't tell, for example, on the basis of the kind of problem people are having, the length of time they've experienced the problem, and, um, you know, the, the severity of the problem as to what the prognosis is really going to be, because that doesn't have anything at all to do with the outcome. People throw in the towel when one or both of those people become hopeless, and I really think that hopelessness is the real cancer in marriage and that if if as a therapist or not only as a therapist as a loved one of someone who's struggling in a marriage you can be the holder of hope long enough for the people to learn some new skills um, really invest themselves in the process then it's it's entirely possible that they can change even lifelong patterns that have been so problematic. And so when people ask me, you know, they'll say, Michelle, and maybe you did this as well, Colette, you know, we've been experiencing either sexual problems or we've been experiencing parenting differences or we've been experiencing in-law problems um, for so many years you know, or, or even more severe problems, uh, you know, such as substance abuse or chronic infidelity. I think they're expecting me to say, yes, on the basis of the nature of that problem, there's no hope for the future. But the truth is, when people really invest themselves, combined with learning new tools and new skills, I really think the sky is the limit. So, hence my optimistic uh, response to you and to others as well. And in regards to, you know, my, why I feel as if I'm on this mission to help people, uh, you know, really uh, turn things around in their relationships, you mentioned, you alluded to it in terms of my, uh, my own life story and just the fact that I felt like my childhood was a very blessed one. I mean, I, I had, you know, two parents who never fought and uh, very, very loving parents and very family-oriented, spending lots of time both with my immediate family and my nuclear and my extended family. And then one day it came to a screeching halt when my mother announced, as you mentioned, that uh, she'd been advised to um, to find more happiness in her life, to go find herself, to leave my father, and to you know have a a life, a new life journey. And, you know, what I knew at that time, and I was only 16 years old when my mom shared her decision with uh, my family, I knew that my parents' marriage would end, but what I didn't know, because I didn't have the developmental wisdom to be able to predict this, but 
not only did my parents' marriage and my family life as I knew it um, completely, it was altered for the rest of my life. And so that what tended to happen, you know, as you move through your life and you get married and you have kids and they have birthdays and there are religious holidays and there are weddings and there's funerals, every single milestone was bittersweet um, because of the dissolution of my family. And so um, I became completely determined to help anyone who crossed my path, both in therapy offices and out of a therapy office, Mm -hmm. to really um, consider the fact that people can change, people can do things differently, and they can have better outcomes, and they can um, fall back in love. And so, um, and it really comes from, you know, the, the pain and the hurt and the grief that I've gone through in my life, wanting to make sure that I can, um, so that other people don't have to experience that. And I, I can I can tell you that my hopefulness and my optimism is um, contagious. So mm-hmm. I'm so pleased to be talking to you today about this and you know the the, the issue of infidelity. Me too. You're right. Your your optimism is contagious. I um, we have to take a break now, but I'm really excited to come back and. Uh, Everybody stay with us because we're going to hear more from Michelle Weiner Davis, author of the best-selling books, The Sex-Starved Marriage and Divorce Busting, and her new book, which we are showcasing today, Healing from Infidelity. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. What makes a great leader? Most have a vision, one that starts beyond the resources available and continues from that point into developing a solid plan, organization, and company. Leadership issues are discussed each week on VoltCast, illuminating leadership with host Jeff Smith. Jeff has years of experience as a leader and executive coach, and his guests will bring you information that can help a team of any size. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Psych Up Live with host Dr. Suzanne Phillips is an insider's glimpse at a life from a psychological perspective. It's a look at what matters to us. Why do we laugh? How do we cope with stress? Are men and women really that different? What is it about our relationships? How are they formed? How they work out? And why they sometimes don't? Every week is something new to engage you. Psych Up Live is heard every Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll turn up your perspective on life. You count. Tune into Inner Revolutionary Radio and join the spontaneous wave of people all over the planet who, like you, are changing our world from the inside out. 
follow the movement, meet guests who are shaking things up, call in, and gain insights and courage to empower your own voice. Large or small, your part counts. So join us. Co-hosted by Beth Green and James Maynard, Inner Revolutionary Radio airs live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You are listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Malone. I'm here today with Michelle Weiner Davis, author of the best-selling books, The Sex Starved Marriage and Divorce Busting. Today, Michelle is going to share with us some of the wisdom from her new book, Healing from Infidelity. Michelle, let's jump right into that. Talk to us a little bit about your interest in the subject of infidelity and what inspired you to write this new book, Healing from Infidelity. So, Colette, I've been um, specializing for the last, I'd say, 10 years or so in doing um, two-day intensive uh, sessions with couples, many of whom are teetering on the brink of divorce. And I would say that somewhere around 85% of my clients came to me because they were experiencing um, issues around betrayal. So in a way, I was um, forced, in a sense, to become an expert on it because so many of my clients were dealing with it. And one of the promises I made to myself early on in my career is that I would pay very close attention to what I do with couples that seems to be helpful to them and do more of that and what I do that doesn't seem to work at all or isn't very helpful and really eliminate that. So the end result has been uh, the development of a model of helping couples who are really struggling, whether they just found out about the infidelity you know, just a few days before they come to me, or sometimes it's been years since they've known that their partner's been unfaithful, but they really haven't gotten either A, any good help or any help at all. And I do want to make a comment about that. I do a lot of training for other mental health professionals on the area of helping couples heal from infidelity, and I often start the day by asking therapists how many people here received um, concrete uh, training in this area in graduate school, and I am here to tell you that it's very rare for anybody to raise their hand, that even if they've had pretty good training in graduate school, um, there hasn't been a focus on this topic. And so what tends to happen is that therapists use what I would call generic therapy tools and skills helping people who are struggling with this issue, and it doesn't work. It simply doesn't work. Couples 
who are um, uh, who have just confronted this issue are truly struggling, and we're going to talk about that, I'm sure, and they really need concrete information. They need a therapist who can uh, guide them very specifically about the steps they need to take in order to feel better and to rebuild trust and to reconnect. And so um, the primary reason I wrote this book is because um, I think that there are two major reasons that marriages fall apart after betrayal. And one of them um, has to do with the fact that they're in uncharted territory. They feel terrible. Their world is upside down, and they simply don't know what to do. And when they reach out for help, for professional help, a lot of their therapists don't know what to do either. So I, that that's one of the primary reasons I wanted to write this book, is to give couples sort of a roadmap for getting through the process to the other side so that they can move forward in their lives together. That is so important. And because, um, well, you did talk about um, this special work that you do with couples, intensives. You said you did intensives with therapists and also with couples. Is that right? No, I no, I do the two day intensives with um, couples, and I yes. do I do training for therapists oh, and mm-hmm. seminars. Yes, okay. And um, today, I hope you will tell us more about those two day intensives that you do with couples, because I'm sure there are people listening on the radio today that are going to want to hear, know more about that, and that probably will want to come to that. So be sure you tell us more about that. Okay. So um, infidelity, does infidelity usually end a marriage? You know, it's it's very interesting. It usually doesn't end a marriage. People often um, stay together, but the one there. As I was saying before, I think there are two primary reasons people have difficulty with that. Well, number one is not having adequate help. But the second reason that I think people um, have a difficult time making it work after infidelity is that they feel a tremendous amount of shame. And the reason for that is because lots of people say to themselves, I am in this marriage Till death do us uh, part, unless my spouse is unfaithful. If that ever happens, I am out of here. And what's interesting, though, is that when it does happen to somebody and they're faced with the reality of ending the relationship, if they have children breaking up a family, trying to figure out what they're going to do with their lives, how they're going to get through a divorce, get to the other side, um, you know, with, with all the complicated relationships with extended family, financial difficulties, um, you know, a lot of people say to themselves, I'm, now I'm not so sure I want to go through with this divorce, but they lay a trip on themselves. They really feel badly, like they're being a doormat, like they're being weak and putting up with this behavior. And then if that isn't bad enough, they often have well-meaning friends and relatives who are saying things like, 
you need to get out. You don't deserve this. Once a cheater, always a cheater. So it's, it's difficult for many people to recognize that not only are they not doormats, are they not weak, um, are they not spineless for deciding to want to work through um, the issue of betrayal, but actually they're warriors because it takes courage and it's difficult, it's hard. But here's what I've learned in the years that I've been helping couples walk this path is that if two people are truly willing to do the work and to um, take a look at how this infidelity happened, what needs to happen so that it doesn't happen again in their lives, how they need to uh, change their marriage so that they feel like they're reconnecting and rebuilding trust and reconnecting emotionally and physically, what I can tell you is that many people have said that in a very, very strange way, the affair turned out in the long run to be a blessing in disguise simply because their marriage was stronger in the end than prior to the infidelity. In fact, it's often said that when a bone breaks, the scar tissue, the bone scar tissue is actually stronger in constitution than the bone itself. And although I don't recommend having an affair as a way of strengthening your marriage, I, I can say that I really have seen people talk about address issues that they were sweeping under the carpet and, you know, climb to new um, levels of intimacy and connection um, where they're feeling really, really good about each other. It's hard to imagine um, when infidelity occurs because it's so disrupting and upending um, that people will actually feel themselves again and get to the other side, let alone feel like it's actually, in many ways, improved their, their marriages. But I've seen it happen so many times that I know that it's a very feasible outcome. Oh, that is so helpful. And um, I totally agree with you. Like you said, a lot of people think if you know, I could put up with almost anything, but if an affair happens, I'm out of there. You know, but mm-hmm. like you said, <laughs> you know, when it's actually happening to you, you're rethinking it, and I think you need to rethink it. Mm-hmm. So, so infidelity, it just does such a major blow to trust. Mm-hmm. And I want to talk a little bit about that or ask you about it. Can trust be rebuilt? Yes, it can, um, but it's not easy. I, you know, and I want to say this too. I used to have, um, I, I've been interviewed a lot by uh, newspaper reporters and on radio and so forth. And many times when people ask the question that you just asked about, you know, does is infidelity a marital deal breaker? And and when I give my response about not necessarily in that marriage can be stronger afterwards. What I also want to say is that healing from infidelity isn't for sissies. It is really hard work, and it takes time. Rebuilding trust takes time. Um, So part of what the 
betrayed spouse has to see in the unfaithful spouse is a willingness to, to really do whatever it takes to um, reassure, to comfort, to have his or her life be an open book and to be willing to do that consistently without defensiveness. Um, when the betrayed spouse can see that the unfaithful spouse is sincere and not only um, periodically but consistently over time, um, eventually people can um, get to the place of recognizing that it's possible um, that, that their spouse recognizes the impact of the affair on the marriage um, and that they are determined to not allow something like that to happen again. But again, it's, it's a combination of actions, of words, and of time. It really does take time to get to that place of the betrayed spouse letting his or her guard down and feeling like they're in safe territory once again. Yes, thank you. I wanted to ask you, what are some typical responses when someone has been betrayed? So, one of the things that I've noticed in my practice is that um, so many of the people who have, you know, just found out about their spouse being unfaithful um, are are exhibiting what I would refer to uh, are symptoms that are very much like post-traumatic stress. And so many people say they can't eat, they can't sleep, they can't think, they can't function, they can't take care of the kids, they're having a hard time going to work. Um, they're, they're so incredibly distraught. Many say they can't stop crying. Um, they 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 actually like an altered state of consciousness. They're very depressed, very anxious. Now, of course, this varies from person to person, but the reason I like to talk about those symptoms is because in addition to experiencing um, those very intense emotions, many of those people are frightened by the fact that their, their mind and their body are going through these intense times and they think that they shouldn't be feeling so terrible. Um, they wonder if they're losing their mind. And what I, the, the main message I want to get out is that it is completely understandable when if you're a person who never expected that this could happen in your life and it happens, for you to be experiencing the full gamut of emotions that I just described. And uh, the one thing I, I really encourage people not to do is don't judge yourself. Don't question your sanity. In fact, sometimes I um, sort of jokingly say, if you weren't feeling these things, I'd be really worried about you. This is a normal reaction to an incredibly stressful situation. And especially if the infidelity defies your very core values, how you think about what's important in life, um, and you feel like you still aren't sure that you want to get out, in other words, you're going to want to stay, that, that the combination of feeling like you're staying in a situation 
that is so emotionally traumatic to you is enough to set anybody in a tailspin. And so I, I, it's important for people to hear that those emotions are not uncommon, that they will live through them, they will get to the other side. You know, one of the things that I've learned that's very helpful in working with folks who are experiencing that kind of intensity is to just simply be an anchor and to reassure them, A, that this is normal, but B, I know you don't believe me is what I say, but you are going to feel better. You are going to feel yourself again. It's going to take time, but you are going to get to the other side. So it's very common to be experiencing those kinds of feelings. I'm so glad you shared that. Well, it's time to take another break. But don't go away. We'll be right back with Michelle Weiner Davis, best-selling author of The Sex-Starved Marriage and Divorce Busting. Today, Michelle is sharing with us wisdom from her new book, Healing from Infidelity. Stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Second Wind Success, hosted by Gene Garino, is all about helping boomers catch their second wind in business and life. Most of us achieve our greatest success after the age of 50. Life has a learning curve with a few stumbling blocks along the way. As long as you stay committed to your vision and adapt along the way, you'll find the success you're looking for. Tune in to Second Wind Success every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Patricia Raskin Show on VoiceAmerica.com every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time. This is the program that helps you turn obstacles into opportunities, challenges into solutions, and find answers to tough questions with the award-winning powerhouse voice of radio, Patricia Raskin. So tune in and call in to the Patricia Raskin Show, Mondays at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time, right here on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. Listening to Making Love with Colette Milan. We'd love to hear from you today with your questions and comments. Please call into the program at 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. You may also send an email to makingloveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back to Making Love Radio. I'm your host, Colette Milan. I'm here today with Michelle Weiner Davis, best-selling author of The Sex Starved Marriage and Divorce Busting. Today, Michelle is talking to us about her new book, Healing from Infidelity. Michelle, you have mentioned that the betrayed spouse and the unfaithful spouse are on two very different paths initially. What do you mean by this? So, it's often the case that, well, first of all, I just described how many betrayed spouses feel after the discovery of an affair. It's like the worst time in their lives. So many people just say it is. it was truly the darkest moment, or it's, it's not only a moment, time of my life. And then you contrast that with a lot of unfaithful spouses who, even if the affair was passionate, fun, um, and something erotic, um, many people, and I would probably say most people, feel an incredible ambivalence about it because they know they're being deceitful and they know they're being dishonest and it's they're, they're being um, they're leading a double life and so for many people there's a lot of guilt and shame that goes along with that so when the affair is then out in the open even if there's a sense of loss because it, it was an enjoyable aspect of their lives at least in part so many people have told me that they feel a great sense of relief that they don't have to lie anymore, that they can, that they can uh, really look their spouse in the face. And so, in a sense, they tell me that they, can, they have just stepped into the light and they can begin um, anew and, and be able to be honest and open, and they like that. So you have one person stepping into the light and one person who's in the midst of the darkest time of their lives. And initially, that's really, really difficult. And it's also difficult for the unfaith, the, I'm sorry, the betrayed spouse to see that their partner can be feeling a sense of relief when they are just so incredibly distraught. Over time, as they become more teammates and they're working on things together and they're on the same page, their paths can converge, but at least initially that's part of the challenge because they are in such different places. Thank you. Um, Tell us about a few things that a betrayed spouse must do to begin to heal. So a betrayed spouse has to do a few things. One is most people, because they're sitting on such intense emotions, need to be able to express those emotions to his or her partner. And, you know, whether it's anger or rage or hurt or disappointment, whatever it might be, um, it's, it's essential that there is the opportunity to express those feelings. Having said that, um, I've had a lot of couples in my office where the betrayed spouse becomes... Um, abusive in the way that they're sharing their anger or their rage. And I always point out 
that when a person who's angry is really demeaning and shaming, the very thing they're needing in expressing the feelings, which is comfort and TLC and nurturing from their partner, they're much less likely to get because their partner is going to become defensive and withdraw. So it's important that even though it's you're um, entitled and encouraged to express your feelings, to do it in a way where you're not um, making the other person feel ashamed. The other thing that a betrayed spouse needs to be able to do, because most betrayed spouses have an interest in knowing some of the details about what happened, with whom, where, how long did this go on, what does this person mean to you, tell me the details, because part of what's going on here is the betrayed spouse is trying to wrap his or her head or brain around what has occurred in their lives, and, and also the meaning that it's had to their partner. And so if the betrayed spouse has these questions, the research has shown, and my own clinical experience corroborates this, that there, there must be a time for those questions to be asked and for the unfaithful spouse to answer openly and honestly. And I want to emphasize something here about openly and honestly. I always coach the unfaithful spouse to answer those questions fully um, because so often unfaithful spouses are afraid to share the information either because they're going to hurt their partner um, or anger them or they're afraid that their partner is going to leave. But in my experience, when someone minimizes what happened in terms of the affair, very often that information is found out weeks or months later. And when that happens, it re-traumatizes the betrayed spouse. And it makes it much more difficult to ever rebuild trust because so many people have said, you know, the affair was terrible. Finding out about the affair was absolutely horrendous, but it paled in comparison to finding out that there was more to it than my spouse actually told me initially because now I feel like I will never trust my spouse. So being able to ask questions and to get honest, open answers is really essential. And by the way, some people have asked me, um, well, is it good to ask questions because now um, I have these images and these ideas in my head about who this person was that I didn't have before. It's almost like it's in technicolor. And other people will say, um, you know, it's so important for me to ask these questions because my imagination about what happened was so much worse than what actually happened. So one of the things I like to do is to assess with betrayed spouses. When they ask those questions, are they feeling comforted? Do they feel solace? Do they feel soothed? Or do they feel ramped up? Does it make it more difficult to put the affair out of their minds? And if the answer is that it helps them, they should continue asking those questions until they don't have them anymore. 
If the answer is that it makes it difficult to not think about, the, not ruminate, to not really get very upset, then the answer is they should stop asking those questions because it's making matters worse for them. Um, and it really, so what I'm saying here is it really depends on how you respond to the information that you're getting. The other thing I want to point out is that so often when the questions linger about the details, when they seem to go on and on for um, sometimes weeks or months, I think people are asking the wrong questions. Although they're asking, where did you meet? When did you meet? What position were you in? Uh, what did he or she mean to you? I, those, those seem like the ostensible questions, but the real questions for so many of these people are, how could you do this to me? How could you let yourself have an affair? And how will I know that it won't happen again? And I, I really think that if those are the questions underlying the detail-oriented questions, then you need to shift the conversation to the real issues at hand. Thank you. That is such important information. Um, we're starting to run out of time, and I have two more questions that I want to ask you. So maybe briefly tell us a few things that the unfaithful spouse must do to begin to heal. Great. And, and uh, the biggest thing the unfaithful spouse must do is whether he or she likes it or not, agrees with it or not, that person has to be willing to have their lives be an open book for a while. In other words, do whatever it takes to reassure your spouse. Um, so if that means access to email accounts, credit card bills, telephone bills, Facebook accounts, uh, you name it, whatever the betrayed spouse is needing to feel reassured is what the unfaithful spouse needs to do. Now, when I tell people that, they often say to me, um, I feel like my wife is my mother, or I feel like I'm in prison. And what I always tell people is this kind of scrutiny is no way to live. This is not what I'm suggesting as a lifestyle. I'm simply saying that when you are experiencing a crisis, sometimes there's certain things you have to do to get through that transitional period to get to the other side, and you are in crisis mode right now. The more thorough you are in your willingness to um, offer any sort of reassurance, the sooner your spouse will feel like he or she does not want to be scrutinizing you. So it's absolutely important um, that, the, that the unfaithful spouse does this. Wow. And, and, you know, and keep going. Do I have time to give you one more, Colette? Uh, yeah, real, real briefly, because I want to make sure you have some time to talk about your intensive so that people can okay. know about that. I, I will just say very quickly, it's, it's really important for the unfaithful spouse to make sure that they're showing their remorse, that they're sorry, that they get it, and to, they can't say they're sorry enough. Saying it once or twice isn't enough. And also to ask the betrayed partner, what can I do to show you how sorry and how, how sorry I really am. And whatever that person says you need to do, and it, because that's their definition of uh, showing remorse is what 
is what the unfaithful spouse should do. Okay. You know, I have more that I want to ask you. I've read your book, and I know some really important things that I wanted you to be able to say. So I guess all I'm going to be able to say is, everybody, you have to get her book. You have to get her book. I've read a lot of books on infidelity, and I wasn't all that excited (laughs) when I heard about your book. But when I started reading it, I couldn't let it down. It is just amazing how much Michelle understands what it's like to go through this. If you're going through this, you have to get this book. So, Michelle, we have about uh, we have about 20 seconds, <laughs> or about 30 seconds, for you to share just a little bit about your intensive, at least maybe how people can get hold of you to find out more about your couple intensives. So um, my couple intensives is two-day, very intense personal experiences, just one couple and me at a, at a time, and we really get to the bottom of the issues that have been driving people apart and peeling away the layers of the onion and coming up with uh, potential solutions that people can it re- bring home. It really jump-starts the process as opposed to sometimes going for you know, weekly sessions, it may take longer. This is really like fast-forwarding through some of the deeper issues so that they can leave and have a, a game plan of what to do to keep their marriage intact. And the best way to get a hold of me, I can, uh, you know, my website is divorcebusting.com, but uh, people can contact me through uh, my office number, which is 800 664 2435. Okay, great. The good news is that you can listen to this show again, people in the audience, and if you didn't get that number, you can get on the website and you can hear that number. Michelle is an amazing resource. You'll want to connect with her. So this has been a great show. I hate to end it, but we've run out of time. Michelle, thank you so much for being on our show. I've learned We have learned so much from you. And to learn more about Michelle Weiner Davis and her book, Healing from Infidelity, visit her website at healingfrominfidelity.com. That's healingfrominfidelity.com. Next week, we're going to have another fabulous show. Andrea Miller, CEO and founder of Your Tango Internet Magazine, uh, will be here to share her groundbreaking book, Radical Acceptance, The Secret to Happy Lasting Love. Be sure to visit our website at www.sextherapyutah.com where you can listen to any of our radio shows at your convenience. On our website, you can also find out more about me and my husband, Dr. Mark Malin, and the work we do to help couples have a better love life. Again, our website is www.sextherapyutah.com. And don't forget to check us out on Facebook. Till we meet again, have a great weekend, and remember, making love really does make more love in a relationship, and real love is essential to great sex.
Thank you so much for listening today. Be sure to join your host, Colette Milan, for another edition of Making Love next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great weekend. And remember these two things. Love making really will make more love in your relationship. And real love is essential to good sex. 